You are Locked On Jags, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out all the latest football watching content from Pepsi. The Jaguars travel to Houston to take on the Texans to get ready to battle the winless Texans. This is Tony Wiggins with your Jacksonville Jaguars report here on Locked On Jaguars. That's right, Houston's 0-4. I actually picked them to finish second in the division. I might have picked them to finish to win the division, but I think I finished. I think I picked them to finish second in the division. But either here or there, I, I didn't think they finished. Uh, they'd start the season 0 and 4, and I did not think Bill O'Brien would be fired after four games. But alas, here we are. The Jaguars are one and three. Houston's in the back and looking up, and Bill O'Brien is gone. Now they get this this breath of fresh air in Romeo Cornell. The last time he was in this position. He was a coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, and he took over for Coach Haley, Todd Haley, when he got fired. And, and what do you know? The, the Chiefs turned this whole thing around. The Jaguars better watch it because they're, they're walking into a juggernaut here. And, and what that is is these players will be hyped. They'll be ready to go. And the Jaguars have to know that they'll be running into something here. This young team has to go out and just say, you know what? That's their business. That's their problem. And they have to slap these guys in their face and say, we're going to come here and handle our business, and we're getting to two and three, and you guys are going to be 0 and 5. And you can listen to this daily podcast. This is your daily podcast. It's every day here on Locked on Jaguars, and you can subscribe to this on Google Podcasts. But, yeah, man, it's all about the Jaguars. It's all about uh, the business that they have at hand, and they can't go into this situation more or less worried about Houston, but they do have to be cognizant of the – emotion they have to be cognizant and aware of the situation that's at hand and what's at hand is the the Texans are going to come out they're going to have a little giddy up you know in in their step and they're going to have a little bit of something to prove uh guys you know from what I understand you know there, there's a lot of people that are happy that Bill O'Brien are gone and they're going to they're going to have something to prove and when a team comes out like that you really have to be ready to punch him in the face. And and as you guys know, uh, with the division rival, you, you're going to see him twice a year. And the one thing that they have is they have a great quarterback in Deshaun Watson who presents a big problem. And that problem is right off hand, he extends plays. And by extending plays, if you've noticed early in the year, especially with the young defense, that's been a problem. Whether it's Ryan Tannehill, whether it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, whether it's uh, young Joe Burrow, all of these guys have been able to extend plays. The one game the Jaguars won, it was with Phillip Rivers, who doesn't have legs and can't extend plays. So that's the first thing that the Jaguars are going to have to contend with, the fact that Houston has a guy who can extend plays. And then they have a bunch of speed receivers 
who can get open, and the Jaguars have a very young secondary. So last week we went into the game worried about whether or not the young defensive line could, could, could put pressure on the bad offensive line of Cincinnati, and the Jaguars lost that battle. This week we have to worry about if the young secondary can deal with a veteran group of wide receivers who can run and contend with the fact that even though they're 0-4 and they've had a very tough schedule, Deshaun Watson can get loose and uh, extend plays with his legs. So it's going to be a very tough task for the Jaguars. And as I said before, this is Locked On Jaguars, your team every day, all day here. And you can subscribe on Google Podcasts. Um, it's crossover edition. We're going to have our boys from Houston, the Houston Texans. They're going to join us here on Locked On Jaguars. We're going to have that for you here in a few seconds. So buckle your seatbelts and join us here on a Locked On Jaguars and Locked On Texans crossover, as we do always. We do it twice a year. Actually, we do it three times a year because we do it during the preseason also. So stand by here and join us here on Locked On Jaguars and Locked On Texans. Let me tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business been in business for over two decades and it is the place where you can go to get the best auto parts and accessories ever that's right that's that's where i go from the front to the back top to the bottom it is the absolute best place for you to go to get the best auto parts and accessories for any make and model of any vehicle that you can think of now i'm i'm not worth of i'm not worth about anything when it comes to fixing cars but i am worth about something when it comes to saving money and getting other people to fix my cars for me and I use rockauto.com all the time, and you can do the same. Go to rockauto.com, and when you click on the website, there's a little box. They're going to ask you, how did you hear about us? You need to put Locked On NFL in that box. And what that does is establish that relationship, and you guys can start saving money. Do it right now, rockauto.com, start saving money. Family-owned business, two decades, reliable. I love them, and you will too. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether there are corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name. They always give back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us in our communities. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with the contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters visa everywhere you want to be official partner of the nfl all right as promised as always it's usually three times a year it's two crossovers but then there's the preseason edition it's your man tony wiggins along with my friends john hickman and cody davis from locked on texans this is how we do it man and normally uh, I do this with my tail tucked between my legs because I don't think the Jaguars are going to beat the Texans because usually of Deshaun Watson. But today I'm doing it with pure laughter, and I'm doing it for more than one reason. I thought it was going to be all about B.O.B. getting fired and the Texans being 0-4. But then I called these fools, and they told me that Nuke is tweeting back and forth with the owner or the owner's son or whoever – and they got a whole bunch of other drama going on that I didn't even know about because I've been busy. So I'm going to get right into it, and I ain't going to even bury the lead. Hickman and Davis, what is going on with DeAndre Hopkins? And First of all, hello. 
Her, first, hey, how hey, Jacksonville doing? Jaguar fans, up, how's man? it going? <laughs> hello, hello to the last place, Houston, Texas. All right, all right, damn. All right, there you go. Hello to y'all. Second of all, what in the hell is going on with D Hop <laughs> and Twitter? <laughs> Look, Anthony, I really wish. First that of I all, could first of all, first of all, you call me my IRS name, but that's cool. That's cool. Okay, I, I apologize. Cool. I apologize. I, I wig, wig. I apologize. <laughs> but you know, to be honest with you, wig, I honestly, we don't even know what's going on. You know, everyone knows Bill O'Brien was fired on Monday. You know, and, and Tuesday, it was pretty quiet. But yesterday, the the news started to come out. Earlier yesterday afternoon, around twelve, we got reports that Bill that Bill O'Brien had a really heated argument almost to the point of a fight with J.J. Watt and defensive coordinator Anthony Weaver. Then literally like 30 minutes before we jumped on this podcast, DeAndre Hopkins tweeted that, you know, because he is his own agent, he was speaking on behalf of his client, which is himself. Um, He he tweeted... By by the way, that's some Ricky Henderson stuff right there, right? (laughs) That's like, he's talking in third person or whatever. Like he's talking to himself, by himself, for himself, right? Exactly. And, you know, the, the the tweet is gone, but I'm pretty sure if you search, you can find it. You know how people's screenshots last forever. He deleted the tweet, but he was talking how he asked – he did not ask the Texans for a raise. He said he asked them for a Band-Aid, which is like a smidget of a raise. And he said that the team didn't want to give it to him, and, you know, that is the reason why he got traded. And he said that he thanked Kyle McNair, which is basically the, the person running this franchise right now. He thanked Kyle McNair – um, by the time of his departure, and Magnair never responded. Then you have Magnair going on Sports Radio 610, one of the biggest radio stations down here in Houston. I know um, he gave his well. sides of the story. I know him. It's Landry Locker and those guys, right? Mm-hmm. I know I know him very well. Landry's my buddy. I've, I've been on that show. We talk all the time. So, yeah, go ahead. Okay, cool. So you know these people. Yeah. Um, you know, so Kyle Magnell goes in and tries to clear the air of, about why DeAndre Hopkins was traded. And he basically just gave the story of the thought that John and myself have been talking about because, of course, it didn't make sense. Why would you trade DeAndre Hopkins, one of, one of if not the best wide receiver in the league? But it was for financial reasons because you had to take care of Laramie Tunsil and, of course, you had to take care of Deshaun Watson. So, in his defense, he said that was the main reason why DeAndre Hopkins was traded. And it's just so much stuff going on down here in Houston to the point. I just miss the days when the Texans were good. And, you know, we had a really good competitive team and we knew what to expect from this team. But we, we don't know what's going to happen. We, I'm pretty sure something else crazy is going to happen today. Hickman, give me your spill on it real quick, man, before I give you mine. Because, first of all, I, I appreciate what Cody just said, but – so far, uh, McNair has lost the argument because I, I, I can give a rebuttal to that on behalf of Hopkins and McNair would look silly. Yeah, I think uh, – I don't know if you've ever played sports. I've played sports. But I think anytime you play sports, you kind of lean towards the pl- uh, side of the player. And uh, ultimately, that's what I'm looking at. I mean, he didn't want the deal that he just got in Arizona. I mean, the deal he got in Arizona, nobody saw him get in that. What was it, uh, 25, 26 million per year with that extension? Um, and so that's not what he was asking for. In his own words, which is what we heard before he was traded, he just wanted a little bump in in, in what he was making. Rightfully so, he was the best player. And uh, to call it what it is, you know, since Bob has passed away, Cal McNair – 
clearly showed that he doesn't know anything about football. Cal McNair seems like a son that took over his father's business and just, you know, ran into the ground because he just wants to hurry up and go live his life. I don't know if you guys ever seen, um, not angry bosses, but, uh, the movie with it's a movie about bosses, uh, horrible bosses. And, uh, the, 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 the guy that dies had a, a big heart attack. His son took over the business and he didn't care about the business. He just wanted to snort cocaine and have fun. Not that that's what Cal McNair is doing, but he just didn't care about what his father had built and since Bob has passed away, that's what it clearly seems like has been going on. I mean, he, he didn't keep guys around that clearly knew football, kind of delegated everything to one man. So if I'm Bill O'Brien, as bad as a job he did, ultimately you gave me this position. Um, you know, I didn't really necessarily go hard and ask him for it. You just kind of said, here, you know what? I'm going to go to my boat, have a good time, drink some drinks. You run this over here. And I, and I think without J.J. Watt coming out to say what he said and what happened at, at practice and the fans literally, you know, wanted to boycott, Cal McNair wouldn't have done anything. But as far as DeAndre Hopkins, he is right. You know, you screwed this over. You screwed me over. You screwed Jadavion Clowney over. You screwed countless others over since your father has passed. And now it's just coming back to bite you in the ass. Clear as day. Now, there's nothing Cal can do at this point to make any of us on his, get on his side uh, when we look at what's going on between him and DeAndre Hopkins. But clear as day, he, he just dropped the ball a couple right. of times, and he dropped it on Hopkins. Right. So – what I'm about to say, I'm not going to cast aspersions on a player that I'm going to mention. Uh, Diggs left Minnesota and they got a first round pick, right? So uh, I'm not going to say that he wasn't worth it going to Buffalo because he, he was. He, he's, a, he's a route running fool and he's a great player, okay? He's not Deshaun. He, he, he's, not, he's, not, he, he's not new. Okay, he's not Hopkins. And the, the problem is, is you guys only got a second round pick for Hopkins. And you basically took on the contract that no one else in the league. Dollars. You wouldn't have taken, no one would have taken the contract of, of Johnson from Arizona. Nobody. Who's I mean, not even performing well, by the way. Right. Throw that out there. Look, the Jaguars couldn't get anybody to take Fournette's contract, and Fournette right now at this point is a better player than Johnson. And Fournette was only owed $4.4 million. They took $14 million in contract money from a guy who hadn't played well in three years. It's unbelievable to me. They got hosed. So no matter how you look at it, he can say what he wants to say, and, and, and you remember in the offseason, I was like, okay, the only thing I can even imagine that they did was they said, we want to be faster. When they added Brandon Cooks and they added Cobb, I said, okay, they just want to get quicker because they lost to Kansas City and Kansas City was faster. They wanted to get faster at wide receiver and they wanted to be a more than one option team at wide receiver. That's the only way I could even fathom that they made this move and the fact that Nope, at one point came out and said, nope, it was me. It wasn't them. You remember that? We all remember that. He said, he said it was him. That's the only reason I can even imagine, and I thought it was about finances and money. But now these layers are being pulled back. Okay, so for the rest of this season, what could happen? Because this is what I fear for the Jaguars. You guys are 0-4. 
But now I feel what's going to happen is I've seen this before with Romeo Cornell when I believe it was Todd Haley got fired and Romeo Cornell took over in Kansas City. And then they went on his winning streak and Romeo Cornell got the job and then all of a sudden he got fired after that. But they went on a winning streak because it almost galvanized the team. I think these young Jaguars, they already have their own problems. They're going to run into a buzzsaw coming into Houston this week. Yeah, they are. And, you know, the Romeo Cannell standpoint, I don't think even if he turns this team around, which is basically his goal, I don't think that he wants to become the head coach of the Houston Texans moving forward. Because I don't think anybody 70, does because there are no draft picks. <laughs> you, you got that right. But when he's 73 years old and prior to the season starting, he had already flirted with the idea of retirement anyways, because he Retired as, quote on well, retired a little bit as the defensive coordinator when Anthony Weaver was promoted. And now and they worked out a deal where he was able to be the assistant coach. And now, of course, he's the interim coach. And, you know, the biggest question right now is you ask, you know, where do the Houston Texans go from here? Well, of course, the top goal is to hire a general manager and head coach who can steer this franchise in the right direction. But to, but to be quite honest with you, the, their main focus right now is to try to salvage this 0-4 start to the season. And that is something that Romeo Cornell had talked about during his media availability on, on yesterday. Because at the end of the day, from the top of this team all the way to the bottom, this team is literally a dumpster fire, possibly a little bit worse than a dumpster fire. Under Bill O'Brien this season, this team is arguably – was the had the worst running game in the league and was the worst in the league at stopping the run. Um, they've given up an average of 181 rushing yards per game. And Romeo Cannell say right now his main focus and how he's going to help this team turn around this terrible start. He just he's just asking from three things: attitude, energy, and consistency. Attitude, losing four games in a row, he does not want the beginning of the Bill O'Brien era, well, the the start of the end of the Bill O'Brien era to begin with a losing mentality. He's trying to create a clean slate for these guys. The energy, look, there's something about the city of Houston, and we see this from the Texans, the Rockets, the Astros, or whoever. The energy is always up with these teams, even even when they lose. But in these first four games, the energy was a hell of a lot low. Like, you can see it on the field. You can see it during a press conference. The energy was not there, and it was extremely low. So he's trying to get this team where they could get their energy back up. And, of course, the main thing that they need to work on is their consistency. Over the last two games, we watched this team show some promise on both sides of the ball, and then they turn around and look like one of the worst teams in the league. For example, the game against the Minnesota Vikings in the first half, they only recorded, I believe it was a total of 112 yards. Everything was just terrible. But then in the second half, they go on this terror and record like 273 yards. And it was like, where was this in the first half? And we, and we not only saw this in the game against the Minnesota Vikings, but we also saw it in the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And both of those games were winnable, but they was not consistent. So there – of course, there's a lot of talk on where do the Houston Texans go from here? Who's going to be the general manager? Who's going to be the coach? But moving forward, the Texans' top priority is to, one, get that first win of the regular season. Hopefully that comes on Sunday. 
And two, and most importantly, try to salvage what is left of this 2020 season. All right, yeah, so, can I say something really quick? Yeah, yeah go uh, ahead. I think Cody gave an explanation of what they need to do on the field. But I'll tell you what, uh, empires are not built in a day. It's always started with groundwork. And the first thing that Cal McNair needs to do, which he said that, you know, Jack Easterby is going to help him from now until they find a GM. Uh, but you have to go into this the rest of the season and the offseason understanding that everybody that you bring in needs to be football guys, football minds. Forget the analytics. Forget, you know, bringing in a former pastor. Forget all of that. None of that really matters if you don't put together a good football team. No, and, uh, and I, I agree with you. Yeah, and then also on top of that, anything that's Bill O'Brien touched, anything that Bill O'Brien touched, they have to go. Um, I can understand you wanting to keep Jack around for the time being, but honestly, if it was up to me, he'd be going as well. Um, Bill O'Brien brought him in. He was handpicked by O'Brien. So to me, the the concrete that was being laid down, that pavement that you're going to walk on is still Bill O'Brien's. And ultimately, above all, bring somebody in so you don't have to make these calls. You're not good at making these judgment calls. We've, we've given you a year and a half or however long it's been since uh, y- your father passed away. You are not good at this. Allow somebody else that you can pay because you got a lot of money to do it to take care of this team and this franchise because you don't want to waste Deshaun Watson's career like you've wasted Aaron Foster's, Brandon Brooks, who's gone. He's having a good uh, career so far after he's left. Andre Johnson, J.J. Watts, all of these great Texans players, you don't want to continue to waste careers. Guess what? Y'all think y'all got some issues? Y'all got drama. Y'all don't, we don't have drama, but we got issues. We're going to talk about them, too, because y'all get a chance to grill me and ask me what's going on here in Jacksonville because there's always something going on here in Jacksonville. So you guys, y'all think y'all have a lot of drama. We got drama, too. Locked on Texans, locked on Jaguars. We're going to talk about all of that stuff, man. Our drama is a little – we don't have drama, but we have issues, right? So we're going to talk about it, and we'll do it in just a second here on Locked on Texans and Locked on Jaguars. So I've been telling you guys about Built Bar for quite some time, right? So I got in touch with the people over at Built Bar because I needed another alternative whenever I wasn't able to eat the Built Bar. I needed something else. They gave me Built Go, and what Built Go is, it's a gel pack. It's a 1.5-ounce gel pack, and it's an energy gel pack, and I take it every single day because I, I get sick of hitting this wall, right? The thing is, is I didn't want to crash, and I don't. These things taste great. They're wonderful, and I don't crash after that five hours. I keep this energy up, and then it, it's, it's marvelous, man, and you need to try it because it really, really does help me. I have this great offer. You go to BuiltGo.com, use the promo code LOCKED, right? You're going to get 30% off of your next order. That's right, 30% off of your next order. If you use the promo code LOCKED, just LOCKED, BuiltGo. It's a great, great product. Man, I love Built Bars, and I love BuiltGo. Try it. Let me know what you think. 30% off at BuiltGo.com. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now for April 1st. Get $750 cash towards the lease of our 2024 NX350 all-wheel drive. 
experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease cash offer and pricing details. Restrictions apply. Not all customers will qualify. Offer available in the Lexus Eastern area in April 1st, 2024. All right, welcome back to Locked On Texans, Locked On Jaguars crossover with my man Cody Davis, with my man John Hickman. So, gentlemen, y'all got drama. We don't have drama. Our stuff is quiet. We used to have drama. We had drama last year. You know, we had Jalen Ramsey and Dante Fowler and all those dudes. We don't have that stuff anymore. However, we do still have issues, and I'm sure you guys want to ask me about those issues. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I want to dive right into it because I feel like if you guys are in play for Trevor Lawrence, and I would say Justin Fields, but I think everybody could look at the Haskins situation and all of the situation with uh, situations with Ohio State quarterbacks in the previous years and just kind of say, you know what, we're done with it. It's a scheme. It's how it's set up. We're not going to fall for this Ohio State quarterback mess. But uh, you have a very young team, a lot of great young, talented players. Does this team need to grow together as a young team, or do they just need <clears> – sorry – does this team need an X-factor player that you need to bring in, or does they need to just grow together with one another? You're right. But remember, there was something you said in the last segment. There was something you said in the last segment, and, and what you said was that it, it needs to go further than that, and it needs to go above that. Before you can start adding or subtracting from what already exists, there needs to be – an, an above grade reduction. They don't need to start adding and subtracting to players. I think there needs, there needs to be an adding and subtracting to uh, the management. I, I honestly think that from the owner all the way down, obviously not gonna, they're not going to switch out owners, but the owner needs to take a hard look at everybody from himself, anybody below him all the way down, in operations and they need to, to switch it up because that's the problem with Jacksonville over the last eight years, they seem to keep retooling stuff without totally switching everything out. And that's the problem. They never seem to really, they never seem to reboot everything. They just seem to sort of retool stuff with old parts. And the problem is, is when you keep doing that and you keep getting the same results, Hick, at some point, you, you, you start second-guessing yourself, thinking that you got rid of the wrong cargo, especially when you look up and you didn't retain Yannick Ngakwe, and he has three sacks, and the team that you have right now has two. You look up, and Jalen Ramsey's knocking people silly, and you didn't keep him. And fighting in midfield. Yeah, yeah, you're fighting. But, but guess what? Your team don't have no fight, and, and you can't cover nobody, right? Yeah. Okay, and and, and then and then Calais Campbell is still being Calais Campbell, and Dante Fowler's being Dante Fowler. Malik Jackson's over here beating people up, and and you ain't got nobody beating nobody up. So my thing, Allen Robinson's catching balls all over, but you ain't got you, even though you still have wide receivers. The problem is, is you know, at, at some point, you can't build a foundation to a house, tear the foundation down and rebuild a foundation every three years and then give yourself a trophy because you're good at building foundations. At some point, somebody's going to ask you, where my damn house at? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? At some yeah, point, even little Fernet looks better. Yeah, he looks better. You know, he hurt again, but you know, the thing is, is now they got a good running back. See, that's the point. You just made a great point. James Robinson, rookie of the week. I mean, rookie of the month. That kid looks great. 
The running back they have looks great. DJ Chalk looks great. LaVisca Chanel looks great. All these people in the name. Gardner Minshew's putting up numbers, right? All these kids. Uh, Miles Jack looks great. C.J. Henderson, rookie of the week. If you look back throughout their history, you, you can cherry pick players that have looked great for the Jaguar. Where the wind's at. And I know there's barbershop talk. That's not perfect English. Where are the winds? I'm looking at my TV. There's a debate, so I better speak correctly. <laughs> where the winds at? Where they at? Yeah, where, where, where they at, baby? Where they at? And that's the thing. You, you can cherry pick top five players in the top 100. You can go back to Telvin Smith and Alan Hearns and all of that. It does not. Blake Bortles made the top 100 one year. Where the winds at? They went to yeah, the I- AFC Championship game one year. Where the wins at? I do remember the Jaguars constantly being in that. Well, you know, next year they got enough talent to, you know, next year they can, you know, ne- and then they have that AFC year. They when they went to the AFC conference game, they, you know, they're going to retool and come right back next year. And it, Bro, I listen, see what you're saying. Bro, listen, eight, eight picks, eight picks in 10 years, eight top 10 picks in 10 years. They've had one guy sign a second contract. One. You can't win like that. Eight, eight, eight top 10 picks in 10 years and one guy signed a second contract. That's what I mean about the foundation. That's what I'm talking about. So you can, you can sit here and talk to me all day about all of this stuff. And, and, and the fan base, they can get mad at me and people say I'm gloom and doom all. But what I am is real. And I, and I try to represent the voice of the faithful 50,000 fans here in Jacksonville. The bottom line is this. Has the GM done a good job? Yeah, you know what? He could go in and say, I found Gardner Minshew in the sixth round. And the GM, I know him very well. Me and him, cool. But the thing is, is he found a quarterback in the sixth round that threw 21 touchdowns and six picks. That's the reason to keep him. He found DJ Chalk in the second round. He's, he's on his way to being a superstar. He found Jawan Taylor. He found LaVisca Chenault. He found, you know, this Chenault is a good one. Yeah, you know, he's a very good player. He found this kid this year, this, this running back, James Robinson, right? He found him. He found, you know, the kid that, you know, he, he took the, the corner. He found Josh Allen, who had 10 and a half sacks last year. He found all of these guys. That's cool. Where's your, I'm talking about team building. I'm not talking about cherry picking. This ain't fantasy football. That's not what this is. This is team building. How do you retain players? How, how do you team build? So if you did all of that, why are we not winning? If, you, if, if, if you're good at picking players, why can't you pick coaches? Why, what's the problem? What's the issue? At some point, the Jaguars fans are like, what is the problem? It's, there's nothing wrong with the air we breathe in this city. This is a great city. There's nothing wrong with the grass. There's nothing wrong with the water. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing. This is a wonderful place to live. It's damn near 90 degrees today and it's, it's October. You, you feel me? At some point, you wonder, why is it this way? Wiggs, not too long ago, this team was a defensive powerhouse. Uh, they used to call you guys Saxonville for crying out loud. And that was what, just two years ago? Um, you know, what is what has it been like for you as a reporter, as a fan, to watch the Jaguars defense regress? And if you were the Texans, how would you attack the Jacksonville Jaguars defense on Sunday? 
um, they have a problem. Well, I, I won't say they have a problem. They have multiple problems. Their, their problem is with the Jaguars and, and, I, and, and the, the people that listen to my daily podcast, because that's what, that's what locked on people do. They listen to our daily podcast because we're here every day for them. They know what I keep saying. What I keep saying is this. With the Jaguars, you plug one hole up and another one pops open. They can't, they can't walk and chew bubble gum at the same time as an organization. So when the defense was good, our offense stunk. Now the offense is good. The offense has scored anybody. Now the defense sucks. That's why I say it's an organizational problem. Because when you look around the league at the good teams, they do everything right. Doesn't mean they do everything right all the time, but they do a lot right most of the times, right? They play defense. They, look at Kansas City. They play defense. They play offense. Look at, look at New England. They play defense situational-wise. Situational football. They play defense. They play offense. They play special teams. They're Johnny come lately. The Jaguars, when they were playing great defense, they had no confidence in their offense. So then it looked like they were focused so much on their, 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 you know, their defense, they couldn't play offense. Now they're focused so much on offense, they can't play defense. They can't stop anybody. If I'm the Texans, what I do is you throw the ball to the tight end in the middle of the field, you run the ball, you try to get three yards on first down, you, you let Watson uh, extend plays with his legs on third down, and, 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 and then you take a shot every now and then to try to, to hit a deep receiver. And then you, you hold on for dear life, you know, on, on, because the Jaguars are going to score some offense now. I'm telling you. Gardner Minshew and that crew, they're going to score some offense. Jay Gruden going to dial some stuff up for you. The thing is, is they ain't going to stop nobody. That's just what it is. They, they haven't stopped people all year. The first game of the year they got behind, and then they bent and didn't break, and they were opportunistic. After that, last week, man, I'm promising you, that kid in Cincinnati looked like Gail Sayers and Jim Brown. Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon hadn't done anything all year. Joe Mixon looked like the greatest running back that ever lived. And I, I, I do the Locked On NFL show on Wednesdays with James Rapine, and he told me that Cincinnati's offensive line had given up 14 sacks in two games. You know how many times the Jaguars sacked Joe Burrow last week? How many? Zero. Zero. You know, I know how disappointing it is to see how this franchise has been operating in the last couple of years, but I will say I think Gardner Minshew is a bright spot for you guys. Are you satisfied with what he's been able to do this year uh, with all of the dysfunction of this team? Yeah, because he works hard. And, and, you know, everybody focuses on the way he dresses and the way he looks and all of that stuff. The thing is the kid keeps his head down and he comes to work. And, you know, he – He's way better than a six-round pick. We need to get past that. The thing we need to ask ourselves is for this franchise, with the way that the NFL looks for – with the way that everyone looks for a franchise quarterback, is he Alex Smith, is he Andy Dalton, and is that enough? Is he that guy? Because everybody wants Trevor Lawrence. Everybody wants Joe Burrow, which we think Joe Burrow is going to be. Everybody wants, obviously – the kid in Kansas City, you know, even Jerry's not satisfied with Dak. You know what I'm saying? And for a long time, people were wondering, well, what is Russell Wilson? And now you see what it is. So now that we see where the league is, everybody's always looking for that guy. So the Jaguars are in a situation where they're close enough draft-wise to maybe getting that guy 
they have to make a decision. Are they willing to settle for a guy that they know might not be that guy and then just go with a Kirk Cousins type dude? And I think that's what Ryan Fitzpatrick type. I think that's what they might, they might end up reconciling that that's what Gardner is. And then if they're going to make a coaching change at some point, is the new coach and the new GM going to realize that that's what that, that's what they're willing to do. And, and that's the conundrum that, that they're in as a franchise. You know, you guys have your guy. Whoever takes over the job in Houston, they have their guy for the next 10 years and they know it. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if t- – uh, Tennessee doesn't know if, if ten, you know, that Tannehill's that dude. So they have a problem. They have a bigger problem, I think, than Jacksonville because Tannehill makes a lot of money. And I don't know if he's that dude or not. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of people that have this problem. But, you know, Atlanta has a problem because they, that kid makes a lot of money. He, I don't think Matt Ryan's that dude. You know, Bridgewater ain't that dude either. And he makes a lot of money. So Jacksonville isn't really in that big of an issue because Gardner doesn't make that much money. But the thing is, is you can win with him. You can win 9, 10, maybe 11 games if the team is really, really good around him. But – I really think everyone is always on that quest to find that franchise guy, and I don't think he's it. 